when lockdown very first happened we hadn't been planning to have a welfare event this year and we sort of said this is going to affect people this is the right thing to do let's step up and do something hi everyone my name's james westgate and welcome to the vet times podcast this week powered by avid microchips Today we're going to be talking about well-being, obviously a massive issue in the veterinary profession, has been for years, but probably never more central to everyone's thoughts than it has been over the last four months where we've all faced a monumental level of challenge and change. Now we wanted to do something to help you guys, so we couldn't think of any better way of doing that than speaking to the guys from WellVet. If you don't know who they are, that's Liz Barton, Rue Tipney and Nat Scroggy, and they're all here today, so welcome. Hi guys, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, thank you. Good, thank you. You all right, Nat? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> fine. <laughs> Just to explain to you guys listening, we're doing this through Zoom. Obviously, we have to be socially distant, so uh, normally we'd be in the studio at vet times, but uh, unfortunately we can't do that today. But um, obviously we're talking about well-being this evening, and um, you've just had an absolute monster success with WellVet, so tell us all about that. Yeah, so... Um we just had our virtual event um, and we were sort of aiming to bring um, a bit of light amongst all of the uh, the challenges that people have been facing. So um, we had some personal development workshops sort of tackling some of the issues that have come up during coronavirus, but uh, also some uh, lighthearted stuff, various types of exercise and then pub quiz and uh, a great uh, keynote session with some awesome speakers and Laura Muir. So yeah, we're just trying to sort of bring people together to have fun and yeah, we, we sort of smashed all of our targets for people attending and the feedback has been phenomenal. So we, we were really pleased to be able to put that on. I mean, obviously that's all on the back of the WellVet weekend, which has been a monster success. Obviously I attended last year and infamously did a hit class wearing a pair of jeans and a shirt, which I won't be doing again. But what were the challenges for you putting this online? I guess for, for me, the, the real challenge was that WellVet is all about connection um, getting people together. And the residential events that we run the past couple of years have been so special because we had that vibe. You could really feel everyone going through the weekend together and how everyone sort of the group evolved throughout the weekend and this, that was really special. So trying to keep that in a virtual format, that was what we really wanted to make sure we could capture as much as that as possible. So we really tried really hard to think about how can we create a crude community around what we're trying to do here. And actually it worked so much better than I had thought. So um, yeah, I'm really glad we did it. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, obviously it's online, but there was still quite a big physical element to what you guys were doing on the day, wasn't there? Just tell us about that, Nat. So the event itself was run on sort of webinar sessions like this, but there was a app that was supporting it. So there's a whole community um, based on the app with discussion boards, photos, ability to connect with other users, send each other's messages. Um, so there's a huge interactive part of that. One of, I think, the other challenges that we faced was it was a whole day and it was all kind of you know on a screen so how do we um for people's well-being how do we break that up so there was lots of exercise sessions so we had yoga things like mindfulness we had some hit classes um i did a virtual run so i sort of led it through zoom and people's earphones with music and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um so we tried to make it feel like you weren't just stuck behind your screen all day um so to get people moving um and have that real sort of a balance of that as well so it's well that's always been a mix of um sort of mind body and soul so 
getting yourself moving sort of get the endorphins that you naturally get through that whilst also doing kind of personal development um and sort of things for your for your brain and your soul as well because that is the challenge isn't it because it's not especially a few months back it wasn't easy for us to all get outside and do exercise and I know today I've had a long day and I came back from the office and I knew I had a couple of hours before doing this and, you know, I had to get out and walk the dogs. I just had to get out into the open and sort of do two or three miles with the hounds just to make myself feel a little bit more balanced. But I was going to ask you, and this is a pretty difficult question, I don't know who wants to answer it, but um, well-being looked a certain way six months ago, say. What does well-being look like now? after four months of lockdown and coronavirus liz yeah so i um i wish i thought about this question a bit more in advance but it is something i've been looking into a bit um looking at the sort of decline in mental health and that's partly why actually when lockdown very first happened we hadn't been planning to have a welfare event this year and we sort of said this is going to affect people this is the right thing to do let's step up and, and do something um because a lot of it is about loneliness. A lot of it is about completely, you know, it's change. It's that big thing about change. You know, a lot of people's roles have changed, even if they're still working, the way they're working has changed. If they've been furloughed, there's a huge amount of change to deal with there. You know, it's not a nice holiday. A lot of us get a huge amount of value out of working. And, um, you know, I know Nat's written recently about that sort of two camps between furloughing and working. So there's a lot of difficult issues around that maintaining relationships and you know not just um uh you know family relationships where people are distanced but friendships etc and you know for those people without living with their families not being able to hug other people there's a huge physical element to this so you know it's it's really impacted well-being hugely you know and that's not even to mention finances and increased pressure of people if they're having to homeschool it just goes on and on and on and um I know that I'm finding and a lot of the people that I'm speaking to are finding that we've actually got less time than we ever had before, even though we were at home more, just because there's so much more to deal with from day to day. Throw on top of that anxiety about illness, etc. And anxiety around even saying hello to your friends, am I two metres away? You know, it's it's huge. Um, And if we don't look after ourselves and look after each other, um, you know, then of course our, our mental and physical health will suffer. So yeah, it's really important. And now you've worked pretty much throughout this, haven't you? How have you managed to sort of keep your well-being intact? I think I've really struggled because normally I have a lot of really positive routines. I exercise regularly. I do lots of things, and I've worked really hard to make them habits. Um, and when lockdown hit, I think it just sort of threw everything up in the air completely. And I, I think I lost all of those routines. So I'm starting to find them again now, but certainly initially I've always, um, over the last few years since kind of I first attended well, but I've thought of wellbeing and, and things like exercise and my mental health is something that was really important and a huge priority. And I think when all of this first happened and it was really frightening, I just sort of didn't think that me going for run was very important. You know, the grand scheme of what was happening in the world, it didn't, I found it really hard to, to prioritise that so I think I'm just settling into I think you know, we're in a bit of a different phase now we're in a bit more of a chronic phase which brings its own fear and challenges because it's nothing's everything was moving so quickly and there were so many changes originally and now it sort of feels like well when will this phase ever end really um, so I think now I'm starting to re refine that but I'm having to work really hard to build those habits up again and know that 
I used to do these things so but I went for kind of a month without doing any exercise which is the longest that I've gone since for sort of six seven years really um so yeah if I'm honest I, I found it quite difficult how much of this is about routine and having that discipline to find that space for yourself in the day and just to try and put those structures in place when as you say it's been madness the first month or so we're all on adrenaline and Mm. everyone was hyped up and and then that dissipates and it's this I don't really want to say depressing new normal because there's you know signs of recovery and hopefully we'll all get back out there and things will get back to some degree of normal but for you Rue how important has routine been in your life yeah I suppose um I've got a young toddler so um keep you busy (laughs) she um she really helps me um kind of stick to some routine um but also I suppose the thing that I've been thinking about they're listening especially to Liz and that and there there is a huge amount of challenge and there's there's a lot out there to to fear and worry about but I've really tried, especially in the kind of lead up to Wellbeat and after that, to really see what potential opportunities there are from this new normal um, and to see what can we, you know, what can we build now that we didn't have the opportunity to do before. So I'm, I'm not trying to in any way um, take away from anything that, you know, that people feel that that's totally genuine and there has been a huge amount of challenge and I think we need to acknowledge that and accept that. To, but if there are ways that we can see positive change you know I've really had to you know I've had a lot more time in some ways and a lot more time with my daughter that I wouldn't have had previously and the opportunity to do these kind of things that um you know we wouldn't have had in other circumstances so having that mindset of you know what when's a when, when can we see something as a challenge versus a threat and how can we look at an opportunity rather than um you know that glass kind of half empty approach that's what I've really tried to put into practice because I think if we're going to be talking about well-being and you know we need to be really honest but we also need to be trying to put into practice as much as possible what we're, what we're talking about. So with this hiatus in life with all being through living in our bio bunkers that we used to call home I mean um, there's some good in this maybe there's been some time to reflect it's important to reframe and find a positive mindset and I guess it has given people the opportunity to look at what's really important to them in life. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, uh, I'm not saying that's easier and I'm not saying, you know, when that we're always able to do that um, every single time or every single moment. There's definitely times when, you know, it all gets on top of us. And But I think that's when, you, like you said, you really start to see, like, what do I really want to do and who do I really want to be doing that with? And I think that's part of the joy for me, definitely, well, bet because that, that brings everything together in a way that really means something. Any thoughts on that, Liz? I mean, just in terms of having a routine and just looking again at what's important, I guess you guys are good at that. You're sort of leaders in this space, but it's a challenge for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting looking at a lot of the conversations that have um, come up on social media, you know, or even just social media feeds of friends and things, sort of, you know, what what's the one thing that you're glad that, you know, um, the lockdown situation has brought you that you'll sort of hang on to and you know a lot of it is about simple living um and you know appreciating the simple things more and i think that has been uh, a huge thing for for a lot of people um, and i hope it is something that we can genuinely carry forward it is going to take you know effort not just to kind of swing back into the way life was before as lockdown mm. gradually eases um 
and you know there's different ways of of making that work for individuals you know things like diarizing things to to go back and look at or um you know just simply having a mantra written up on your your wall i think um the people that are going to really grow through this period um positively are those that do put in that that bit of time and effort you know that's one thing we've always said with wellvet is you know it does take a bit of personal responsibility to take care of yourselves. The hard thing can be to go and speak to somebody. It can be to take the time to listen to podcasts and webinars or, you know, do some physical exercise. Well, well-being isn't easy. It's um, it takes dedication. It takes effort. Even if you're not in a routine with it, kind of starting to develop those good habits. We all know changing habits can be really hard. So can starting new healthy ones. So this isn't easy. And and um, the people that can, you know, put in that determined effort are the ones that are going to grow and um, and you know even thrive through um, through the difficulty. What are some of the big concerns you guys can see around well-being, the real sort of choke points? I mean, obviously, we've got teams still working. You split teams. People tend to be working harder in practice. And what are the issues you're seeing out there in the wider profession that you're hearing about that are really going to be impacting heavily on well-being in a way probably we've never seen before? Um, I think lockdown has brought very individual challenges. And I think that that's something that I've noticed I think will be tough across professions but also tough between families you know some people have a huge amount of extra time I mean, people that might be furloughed and maybe don't have families have sort of expansive time um, without a lot of purpose without a lot of connection and that can be extremely tough other people that might be working full-time from home looking after children looking after other things suddenly find themselves without any time and really struggling to fit in sort of well-being routines that they might have had previously so I think we're all experiencing huge life changes um but I also think they're extremely individual and I think that can be really challenging because we're all finding things different things difficult for different reasons and sometimes it can be hard to come together in that and sort of really appreciate the challenges that lots of different people are going through because you can't approach them all differently um and that can have the effect of being quite quite polarizing and sort of people feeling like they're on one camp versus another camp and I think that's something that we really need to avoid as as a profession and that's something kind of I've highlighted around um the language that we use between sort of teams that might be furloughed and teams that are not and making sure that everyone feels sort of part of one team and that they're contributing equally and that that they're valued equally and also that their struggles are valued equally um so I think that's really challenging and then you know just as we move forward obviously concerns around sort of finances time um all of the big challenges really um and then health and yeah it's going to take a huge toll on people's mental health and it already has but I think the fear of sort of we're all really good I think the veteran profession are very very good in a crisis and we can sort of rally and we can tackle things we're trained to do that but I think as these things become more chronic that has a real challenge of its own because we sort of that that lack of ability to see the light to see where this is going and that's where I think it becomes even more important than ever really to recognize the positives to see well life has changed actually in what ways it changed for better what things would I like to keep moving forward um because I think the veterinary profession has needed to be shook up for some time and now it's been really shaken up um and we've all changed massively the ways that that we're working the ways that we're communicating and I for one I mean I've absolutely loved the um virtual connection between people I'm now talking to people um 
all the time that I don't live near and that's something that I really really want to to take forward. You wanted to come in on that Ray? Yeah I was just thinking I mean I suppose if we if we kind of reflect back on what we started Wellvet a couple of years ago and to be honest that the profession was in a a well-being crisis um, back then which was why we started why we're so passionate about it and um, I think if we'd been starting you know the this crisis where it, in a really good place we might be different but um we we started it i think most people would accept in a place where a lot of people were already struggling a lot of teams were already struggling we had poor practice culture and um leadership that was struggling in a, in a lot of areas so being honest about that and actually saying um we didn't start this um in a place of of amazing well-being across the board so um what I have seen initially also, there is a lot of people really starting to acknowledge how important it is to look after their teams and their people. Um, and I really, really hope that that um, continues and is taken into more action. And I hope that Wellvet can be a part of ha- making sure that that continues and that happens because I have actually seen a lot of leaders actually really start to see how important it is to look after their people. And I think we all knew that, but actually you actually then need to think what does that mean and what what will we do as a practice and a team to make sure that we are supporting our, our people as as well as we can Liz yeah it was uh, just to reiterate what Rue was saying really with the um I remember we put out a survey I'm on Spiv's board as well we put out a survey quite early on in in Covid and uh you know one of the the findings that was actually quite surprising was how highly um managers and leaders within the profession were scoring the the concerns over well-being particularly of their team members um you know it was a huge huge concern for them um and i think for a lot of people the ways that we used to decompress and um you know sort of let off the steam um you know it's a lot around sort of talking and socializing and you know going out together after work etc you know those things have been taken away and also, as um, uh, admin of the Vet Moms group, some of the conversations around there, you know, when you've got the kids home 24-7, there isn't any childcare, there isn't any school. It's relentless. Um, and just getting that little bit of alone time to, to be able to decompress, that's been taken away for a lot of people. So it's about finding new ways of doing that, helping people to find new ways of doing that. And, uh, you know, the leadership piece is so important to kind of support people and support one another um, in, in developing new ways of, of coping and decompressing and, um, you know, staying, staying healthy in mind and body. So rather than coronavirus having pushed our aspirations for well-being down, the absolute need for that to be addressed and dealt with and enhanced within the practice setting means we could actually be looking at a situation or hopefully we should be looking at a situation moving forward where well-being is much more central than it was before because it has to be at the moment because things have been so acute and it's been so difficult for people in practice that if you don't deal with these things, you're going to have a really big problem on your hand really fast, aren't you? I think that's the really good thing about it is that as Rue sort of very eloquently pointed out, this is this is not a new problem within the profession and that's why welfare has existed long before lockdown happened. But I think for a lot of people, lockdown and the pandemic has really highlighted a lot of things and it's, it's opened the door for a conversation that people are more comfortable to have and there's new people that are getting interested and involved in it. And I think that's why we really felt that we needed to kind of act with doing the virtual event when we did because we felt there was a huge need to meet and we felt that we could 
could do that but also that it was a real opportunity because people are sort of calling out for it there's this kind of desperate need and that's a great way to to start that conversation afresh with with new people who maybe weren't as interested before i don't know how the numbers were for the well vet live weekend but i mean you must have been close or surpassed that with the online event in the end were you something was yeah. it about the same sort of attendance you had or a little bit more even online yeah we've been restricted with um just with the accommodation yeah, for yeah. the live events um but um yeah we had about 125 delegates for our live event um we were hoping for sort of 250 for the virtual but we actually had over 360 um mm-hmm. people can still actually access that so we do have sort of daily more ticket sales going on so people can kind of watch it back and i think you know, as, as we were just alluding to there, the importance of, of well-being just becoming increasingly acknowledged. You know, this is my little soapbox piece is that, you know, well-being is not for people who are feeling low. Well-being is for everybody. Um, you know, and that analogy that I've used a few times where if your house is on fire, it's not the time to run out and buy a fire extinguisher and learn how to use it. The time to go out and get a fire extinguisher and learn how to use it is when everything is in order and your house is fine so that when something does happen and when that fire does start, you can put it out really quickly. So, you know, we sort of talk about a well-being toolkit, find out what works for you. Simple breathing techniques can make a massive difference to your stress levels throughout the day and chronically over the days, weeks, months, years, that can have a huge impact on your life. And, you know, for people that sort of say, oh, that sort of thing's not for me, I was one of those people. Um, But as soon as you try these things and find out what works for you, I'm not saying breathing techniques works for everyone. I'm not saying go for a run does. Um, You know, I'm not saying learning about imposter syndrome works for everybody, but important thing is to take time and effort to find out what works for you have those things ready so that when a global pandemic hits you've got your toolkit there that you can go to to support your daily life let's hope we don't have too many pandemics Liz (laughs) but um, to sort of wrap things up I'd like each of you to give your well-being top tips for anyone listening to this because I think there's going to be people tuning into this who are going to look to you guys who are sort of leaders in this area and just some simple things that people can do, some really practical advice for people, regardless of their situation. I'm going to come to you, Rue, first. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. So your top tips for well-being for the guys listening. Um, so for me, this kind of um, relates to what Liz just said there about knowing yourself um, and doing what you can to, to really understand what works for you and what you enjoy. Um, and then being as kind to yourself as possible. So what Nat was talking about her running and, and things like that. And I think when we set ourselves um, too many expectations of what things should like, or when we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to others, then actually sometimes well-being can become another thing on the to-do list, another thing that actually starts to take away from us rather than adding to us. So the thing that I've been really thinking about recently and talking to a lot of people about is how can we... Um, set ourselves intentions rather than expectations so that we can um, actually do what we need to do at the time rather than what we think we do should do or what we think other people would be doing um, and actually that comes down to so many different elements but a knowing ourselves and b being confident in the decisions that we're making and knowing why we're doing them and what we're doing them for. Liz? Yeah so I think um a lot of it is around self-acceptance, you know, similar to, to what Rue was saying. Um, you know, it, if you're not the sort of person that, that 
feels better after doing a long run and running a marathon but you're the sort of person that just enjoys sitting with a cup of tea in a book that's great you know it's, it's not about comparing yourself to other people I think um, stopping comparing ourselves be it in you know how our kids are achieving in homeschooling or how we're uh, far we're running each day and how many hours of meditation we managed this week it's not about looking at other people it's about looking at yourself understanding what works for you not comparing that self-acceptance piece is huge and if we can get that right a lot of the other stuff will follow and you Nat, what are your top tips i think my top tip would be to be curious about your well-being and that of others because if you're open-minded and you approach it with curiosity you might surprise yourself and there's so much different stuff that you can try and we're all so different um and I think that's one of the things that I've always tried to offer at the well vet weekends is almost like a little bit of a taste of lots of different things um so you might never think I never thought that I would be a person that would enjoy yoga I thought it was very hippie <laughs> um but I was I think I tried that for the first time at well actually and I was I was curious I was open-minded and I found that actually I really enjoyed it and it was totally different to what I thought it was and um, it takes a little bit of searching to find what things are going to be right for you and your well-being so I think being curious and open-minded um, and being open-minded towards what works for other people as well and, and not judging yourself against that um, and I think the other thing would be to is connection um, and being brave and again curious with the connections that you make I think one of the massive impacts that um, attending the first ever well vet had for me was that I met just so many amazing people that I really connected with and I think when I graduated I thought oh I'm going out into a, a whole tribe of people that um that get me because they're vets too and so I'm gonna sort of feel completely at home and that wasn't the case at all but when I went to well vet um I, di I did meet those people um and I was brave and I stayed in touch um and now they're friends um and now I'm involved with well vet as well which was amazing so I think the curious connection and then for me the massive one is is sleep um get enough sleep, learn about sleep, read the book, Why We Sleep, because that will totally change your life and your approach to it. Um, and yeah, I know certainly for me, my well-being is massively connected to how much sleep I've had. And when I'm when I'm really overtired, my mental health drops drastically. So um, yeah, that's something I've tried to really uh, put some time into during lockdown as well, having a better bed routine and, and prioritising it and not thinking of sleep as something that's lazy. Yeah, I could do with a bit more kit myself, but I think you want to come in there, Rue. Yeah, it was just, um, I mean, sleep's a great point. We really wanted to get that into the well-being, uh, the well-being schedule this year, but couldn't um, couldn't get it at the time. So we're definitely going to cover that um, in the next event. But I suppose also just sometimes the basics are just what you need. So actually, you know, good rest, good sleep, being connected and managing, you know, just the daily things, that is sometimes enough, um, as well as all the other add-ons, like being able to speak to people, having additional support and therapy. So you know i think if we get those basics right and, and notice when they're not there as well then that you know they sound really obvious but sometimes they're the hardest things to do yeah really good stuff thanks for that rue unfortunately we're gonna to have to call it a day now though so um thanks for coming in rue liz and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today and obviously thank you everyone for listening stay happy stay well and see you soon That's it for Vet Times podcast this time. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. But for now, thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>